You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. I'm Matt, and this is Jessica, and welcome back to a brand new season, new year, new time. New all of it. Happy 2021. This uh, beige, if you're watching with us on our video cast, uh, you can see this beige lump on a log right here is our dog, Denver. (laughs) And he's decided to join us for now, which is fun to watch it on the video cast because you never know when he'll be in and out. But we're also on the radio, Morning Breath, um, on 91.5, and we're happy that you've joined us there, wherever you've joined us. And we just hope that you have had a really good start to your new year. How has yours been? It's been great. And I just want to also thank those that watch, those that listen. We hear from you all the time. We appreciate you. We appreciate you letting us know. Uh, we see it on Facebook. We see it on YouTube. We just appreciate the comments and the shares. And if you like this, subscribe to YouTube, sub, you know, our Facebook friend, whatever, subscribe, like, share, etc. We really appreciate it. We're just thankful that we get to bring in the new year with you guys with the word of God. Now, as far as me, uh, new year has been uh, really a lot of just getting ready for church. I mean, yeah. we're doing a lot of cool stuff right now. We're starting a new devotion. Uh, yep. We're starting our seeking the Lord. Yeah. This is the second day. It started yesterday. Uh, Sunday. So today is Monday, January 11th, and we're on our day two. And today's devotion is titled His Divine Mercy, and we're going to be covering Hebrews 4 together. Yeah. So what devotion is that? Number two? Yeah. Yeah. So we started yesterday, and we're just fired up and ready to go. And so lots of stuff preparing for church. Uh, This past Sunday, we started our fast. We started our 21 days of seeking God. Um, We started sharing vision for for the church, what we're doing, we're love God, love people, love, love life. life. And I'm still getting used to saying 2021. So yeah. if I say 2020 accidentally, uh, yeah. it happens. Yep. It's one more uh, syllable. 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been a good year so far and I'm excited to do more. We are, are also doing a morning prayer at our Perkway Merritt Island location this week at 7 a.m. if you want to join us for that. And we are going to have a night of worship coming up two, uh, two different times on Wednesday night, the 13th. And that will lead us into a time of 24-hour prayer, which we haven't done in a while at the church. And it's pretty exciting that we're going to do that together. Yeah. So this Wednesday at our night of worship, it will start at 6 p.m. There's a second night of worship at 7.30 p.m. Come to one of those if you like. And then stay and pray with us. Maybe you want to stay an extra hour or two. That would be amazing. Um, And sign up on our Eventbrite on uh, our website or our app. That's the way you do that. Right on the front page should be there anyway. To be able to sign up for the 24-hour prayer. It'll go from Wednesday at 6 to Thursday at 6. Yep. Lots of good stuff. Oh, yeah. All right. We're going to. And I hope you had a Merry Christmas. We had an incredible Christmas. Church was awesome. I said lots of people have been coming back to for the first time. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the year and at the end of last year. It's just been amazing to see people walk in. And to everybody who's walking in for the first time or first time in a long time, welcome. Welcome back. Welcome yeah. home. We love to see your face and we love to connect with you. And you know what? If you don't, if you're not going to a church, we'd love to connect with you right here on Morning Breath. You'd be part of the Morning Breath family. And uh, the way that you could do that is by commenting on uh, our post, commenting on the different uh, shows, and we'd love to comment back and chat with you, connect with you. Yep. And our website is eccc.us. That's yep. where all you can find all the things. Yep. Okay. All right. So we're in Hebrews 4, and I just looked at the number of verses and I already forgot. It's 16, so I'll read through 8. All right. And you will start after me. Read. Hebrews 4. 
Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still remains and is freely offered today, let us fear in case any one of you may seem to come short of reaching it or think he has come too late. For indeed, we have had the good news of salvation preached to us, just as the Israelites also, when the good news of the promised land came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them, because it was not united with faith in God by those who heard. For we who believe, that is, we who personally trust and confidently rely on God, enter that rest, so we have his inner peace now, because we are confident in our salvation and assured of his power, just as he said. And as I swore an oath in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest." This he said, although his works were completed from the foundation of the world, waiting for all who would believe. For somewhere in scripture, he had, has said this about the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this, they shall not enter my rest. Therefore, since the promise remains for some to enter his rest, and those who formerly had the good news preached to them failed to grasp it and did not enter because of their unbelief evidenced by disobedience, he again sets a definite day, a new today, providing another opportunity to enter that rest by saying, through David, after so long a time, just as he has been said before in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. This mention of a rest was not a reference to their entering into Canaan. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not speak about another day of opportunity after that. So there remains a full and complete Sabbath rest for the people of God. I've been too far from yeah. <laughs> For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner in the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him who we must give account, seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was at all points tempted as we were, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Amen. Amen. Really good. So I'm going to turn this off, but I want to share something from my computer. Turn the sound <laughs> off. Do you want to start with a certain verse? Yeah, I'll start with uh, verse uh, two. It really jumped out at me, uh, this phrase in the New King James. I, I can't remember what it said in, in the Amplified as you read, but it says here that they heard the word of God that was preached to them, but the word they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in, uh, in those who heard it. And the two words there, uh, rather three, mixed with faith, just... I went, wow, like today I, and yesterday I've heard people um, speaking and their words had not been mixed with faith. Mm. Faith, uh, You could just tell uh, the, the tough things um, were mixed with fear. They were, they were mixed with anger. They were mixed with depression. They were mixed with emotions that were toxic and creating chaos but it's amazing that you could say the same thing, but mix it with faith and have a complete different response. Yeah. Um, you know, you could say something mixed with faith like, um, I don't, we don't have enough money to pay our bills this month. Uh, but when you mix that with faith, you go, 
you know what though? God is faithful and we're going to keep our eyes open. We're going to work hard. We're going to, we're going to look for the solutions and we're going to go for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, well it never works out in the past. We've made all these mistakes. Okay. Mix that with faith. You say, man, I know it didn't work out before, but God is still faithful and he's going to work it out this time. You know, you just mix something with faith. You begin to mix in uh, <laughs> faith <laughs> and you put grace in and you yeah. put hope in and you add mercy to that. Faith carries all of those things yeah. because with faith in God, it brings forth, it brings forward everything that God has to offer uh, in the situation. Mercy, joy, love, patience, long suffering, the energy and the life it's going to take to accomplish anything. You know, even a positive thing, I'll, I'll say this and you, you, you know, whenever you want to jump in, jump in, you could say something positive and not mix with faith. You could say something like, man, I had the best year that I've ever had in 2020. It was incredible. And I'm just so glad I had a great year and I accomplished all these wonderful things and I made it. You take faith out of that and you get credit for all of it. But when you add faith into that, you say, man, isn't it incredible? God got us through 2020. We got through the other side. We had the best year that we could ever imagine possible because the Lord was there. By his and grace. He is faithful mm-hmm. by his grace. And you know what? When you mix faith with faith with that, guess what you get? Next year can be just the same. This year can be just the same because it's not all on you. It's on the Lord. Yeah, that's so good. So when I started reading this uh chapter preparing for this, it I realized that this chapter, specifically verse 11, Hebrews 4, 11, crowned the year 2020 for me. And thankfully, I journaled all of this, and I'm going to read to you what I wrote, but it was January 17th, 2020, so almost a full year ago. And this verse, I'll read it again as a reminder, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves so that no one will fall by following the same example of disobedience as those who died in the wilderness. And I remember reading this verse and it just jumped off the page for me because I was like, wait, you have to make sure to enter God's rest. So that requires something on my part. And then what is this all about? not falling into the same example of disobedience as the children of Israel. Like what exactly did they do? They disobeyed a lot, right? So again, thankfully I wrote it all down and I'm going to read most of it to you, but this is my journal entry from January 17th, 2020. And I wrote, this was a Friday morning, my weekly Sabbath, and my soap chapter of the day was Hebrews 4. This verse uh, 11 stuck out to me. The word rest jumped off the page, most likely because I was in Sabbath mode. But then I couldn't just continue past the O of my observations as I was doing my soap and write some standard application in my journal that day, just about being faithful to take the Sabbath and rest in God, blah, blah, blah. No, there was something about this verse that I didn't get, but that God definitely wanted me to fully comprehend. So I took another look and another and another. What was that example of disobedience? I remember thinking it's very important that I know so that so I will not fall. The Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years, and they disobeyed a lot. But there was something specific here I needed to discover. I typically rely on there being a cross-referenced verse in moments like this, but there was no footnote. There was no nothing. There was no verse showing me what to look for in the Old Testament to figure out what they were talking about. I looked up a couple commentaries, and still, I just couldn't find anything, and I was so annoyed. You had been at morning prayer, Matt, and um, he came home just in time to see me on the couch, my brow furrowed in focused determination. And I was like, yes, he's home. He'll know the answer. He'll know how to look up, look it up on Blue Letter Bible and <laughs> all the tricks and tips that he knows. 
And uh, still nothing. We couldn't find anything. Reagan, our son, who had just turned 15 at the time, was sitting in the room working on his history homework. And Matt asks him, Reagan, listen to this verse. What do you think it's talking about? Reagan replies instantly, probably the moment in time when Joshua and Caleb returned from spying out the promised land. Okay. (laughs) These are the moments where God once again reminds me it's by his grace alone that our children turn out the way they do. And he has so much more to do with it than us. So now I focus my search on that time period and I Google Joshua and Caleb return from spying out the land. Thank you, Jesus, for Google. It brought me to Numbers chapter 14. And here's what he revealed to me. God promised this land to his people, but the people continually waffled in their trust of this promise. Instead of keeping their eyes fixed and trust and obedience, they repeatedly put their eyes on the natural, the circumstances, the temporal trials, and their own strength and understanding. They complained. They talked about a coup. They talked about installing new leadership and returning back to Egypt. Joshua tore his clothes in grief at their unbelief. He was so saddened by everyone's blatant disrespect and disregard for the word of God. He courageously spoke to the furious and riotous mob. He said in verses seven through nine, he said, the land through which we passed as spies is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord, this is talking in faith, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. What a speech. I was so encouraged. Wouldn't this have calmed the crowd and filled them with hope, united them in faith and purpose? No. Verse 10, it says, but all the congregation said to stone Joshua and Caleb with stones. Thankfully, the literal glory and brilliance of the Lord showed up and saved Joshua and Caleb's lives now, but God seems a little mad. He asks Moses how long these people are going to disrespect him and forget about all the miraculous signs he's already performed to save and rescue and provide for their sorry behinds, and then he says he's about ready to send a plague and wipe them out. Moses speaks up and reminds God of his loving kindness and mercy and all that, and he actually, hilariously enough, speaks to God's own reputation as a way to get him to change his mind. Bold. He spends like nine verses louding, praising God, begging, pleading, cajoling. And finally, verse 20, God says, I have pardoned them. Moses, biggest sigh of relief ever. <laughs> but here it is, Numbers 14, 22 through 24. This is God talking. Surely all the men who have seen my glory and my miraculous signs, which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have put me to the test these 10 times and have not listened to my voice, will by no means see the land which I swore to give to their fathers, nor will any who treated me disrespectfully and rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land which he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it. And here's what I discovered. They refused to remember what God had done, all his goodness, his faithfulness, his protection, his provision. They refused to listen and believe that God's promises are true. They refused to respect him and they refuse to trust him. So how do we enter into God's rest? We remember his goodness. We listen to what he has to say. We trust that he who has promised is faithful, and we respect his leading. And so this is all about, to me, my last notes were possessing the land, trusting and obeying, entering his rest. He will accomplish more as you rest in him than if you were working. It's all supernatural. That's incredible. 
I was going to say, and you already said it, but when Joshua and Caleb, uh, they they had the perspective of faith mixed into the problem. Yes. There were giants in the land. They, you know, we looked as uh, grasshoppers in our own eyes was the, was the, you know, what was what was being said by the 10 spies, but the two spies, Joshua and Caleb, were like, we got this. God, if God's for us, who can be against yeah. us? When God is on our side, he's bigger than these giants. Yep. Let's go do it. He's given us the promise. And I think it's such a powerful thing to think, are you mixing your words with faith? And I really feel like that's something you could even say to me uh, if I was being uh, negative and mopey and down. You could probably say that to me and you could say, now, how could we say that and mix uh, faith. faith into that? Mm -hmm. And I would probably respond you know, 99 out of 100 times, <laughs> you know what? You're right. We're going to try this let's, out. Let's do that. How can we do yeah. that? Um, I think coming into agreement as a married couple, uh, we didn't pre-plan this, but we've we've had several times in our life where we had to kind of pre-agree to how we were going to criticize each other or, you know, talk to each other about things that we're struggling with um, and come into agreement on how I could talk to you about something that I don't like, or you could talk to me about something you don't like, which mm -hmm. is more the case because you don't want to do anything I don't like. <laughs> um, but we've had to take those sort of prearranged conversations and move forward. And I, I really do feel um, and know that if I'm going to be asked, now how can we mix that with faith? Yeah. Um, you're calling out that better part of me yeah. to come out. And that part I want to win. Mm -hmm. The part I want to win is the part of faith. I don't want the enemy to win. I don't want to lose to a fearful, faithless uh, soul. I want to win with a faith-filled soul and a, with faithful words. And so, I don't know. What do you think? You think I like a good it. Idea? Absolutely. I think I think it's awesome that you prefaced all that. You didn't know I was going to read all that from a year ago, um, but that it just went right in line. It's like Joshua and Caleb operated with faith. They trusted God that he actually meant what he said. And I think so much of it has to come down to fear of the Lord and wow, God, I actually believe that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. And I'm not going to sit here and doubt you. It's so disrespectful to doubt God. Um, yes, there is a part though in the Bible where a guy was like, I believe, help my unbelief. So that's also being very honest, but still respectful. Yeah. So that's really yeah. good. You know, um, it said here in the verse two, uh, in the verse two, it says, uh, <laughs> mix your words with faith. You know what though? It also says in verse seven, you can hear words and harden your heart. And so I, that just, that phrase kind of stood out to me so we can mix our words with faith or we can mix our words with fear or we can soften our hearts or harden our hearts mm -hmm. when we're hearing uh, God's word. This uh, kind of goes in the face of God's sovereign will happens no matter what we do. These, these things actually say we have a part to play mm -hmm. in the word of God and in his will. We can harden our hearts. Uh, we can mix our words with his words, rather, with faith. We can actually participate. Um, and we have a, a participation required in the work in the works of God. Mm -hmm. And God will do what he's going to do. But we have a choice. Are we going to participate and be a part of that or not? Yeah. And so I just wanted to throw that out there. Like, how do we participate? And what I kind of, as I was reading this and as I was going through it, I think the answer is in verse 12. 
for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it goes on to say that it can discern uh, your thoughts, intents, your heart, your soul, your spirit. And I thought how to soften my heart and how to mix my words with faith and mix it with the word of God. Very simple, but the word of God is the living and powerful uh, words that we have that we can mix with faith, that we can soften our heart. Um, and if we put the word of God in us, as Psalm says, thy word I've hid in my heart, I won't sin against you. In other words, we put the word in our heart, it has the ability to come out and grow up and grow into tough situations. Yeah, that's really good. Very practical too. Um, verse 15 says, for we do not have a high priest, talking about Jesus, who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are yet without committing any sin. So our high priest, Jesus, is both sinless and understanding. Yeah. Like he took on flesh. He t left his throne perfect heaven and chose to come down here and take on flesh and experience everything we experience, pain, sorrow, grief, fear, temptation, struggle. He experienced it all so that he can now is our advocate. He's our advocate to God. He's advocating on our behalf and praying for us and interceding for us. And so we can go to Jesus as someone who gets it. Like, I don't think people understand um, that religion versus relationship. Like the relationship with Jesus is you have a friend who sticks closer than a brother, who understands what you're going through, who knows you better than you know yourself, who has sent the Holy Spirit to help you and be our to be our helper and helper and our comforter. And yet we still try to like hide from him. We still try to act like he either doesn't get it or will judge us for coming to him. But no, it says that we can actually with privilege Therefore, so we know this now. We know that Jesus gets it. We have a high priest that sympathizes and understands. So therefore, referring to that statement, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace, the, pro the throne of God's gracious favor with confidence and without fear so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need. And then mine goes on to say just at the right moment. And I think the enemy is one of his main things is to try to keep us from approaching the throne confidently and boldly and without fear or approaching it at all because we're stuck in this lie that Jesus doesn't get it or he's going to judge us or whatever. And instead he's like, no, that's the one place you need to come and lay it all out there. Like he knows it all anyway. So approach the throne with confidence. And if there's one thing that you change in your life in 2021, go to Jesus first before you go vent to someone else or even like let your mind and your thoughts swirl, like approach the throne of grace confidently because that is where you're going to get that help that you actually need at exactly the right moment. That's really good. Um, I, I was really mulling this verse over. I First thing, I'll just kind of tell you how I got there. I was like, you know, did Jesus ever experience like a parent kind of, you know, uh, tormenting them or turning their back on them. And I was like, no, of course he didn't, you know, whatever. And I was just like, I was like, wait a minute. Do you, I remember on the cross where my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. I was like, of course, even God had to turn his back on Jesus in that moment. Wow. And then I thought this, he actually experienced something that none of us will ever have to experience. And that is God turning his back on us. Mm. God will never turn his back on you. He never will. He, he's, his face is eternally aimed at you. 
We can turn our back on him. We can reject Jesus. We can receive the wrath that was poured out on Christ for our sins. We can if we want. Or we can choose to look Jesus in the face, to look God in the face and said, I receive the work of the cross. And I was just like sitting here blown away That's thinking good. not only was he tempted at all points, not only did he experience everything we experienced, but he he's experienced things we will never experience. And one of those is God God turning his back on so us. So that we don't have to so ever experience, have to experience it. Experience right. That. That's why he had to experience it. And we it. never will. You will never get to experience that. Yeah. You, it's, it's on you. Do you want to turn your back on God or do you want to receive him? Then the other thing I just, a little side note here with one minute. It, uh, he was tempted, but he didn't have sin. And uh, this is something that we have to remember. Temptation is not sin. Being tempted to do something is not sin. Having a desire and a temptation to move in a direction, that's not sin. It's what we do with that temptation or desire. We could be tempted to lust, to be angry, to be uh, vengeful, um, fearful. But if we do not uh, follow out that action, even in thought, it's not sin. If we turn that away, say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go that way. We turn our back on it. That temptation does not turn into sin. I just wanted to encourage you out there with that, that if you get tempted and you don't follow through with the temptation and you don't allow that to plant those seeds in your mind, you're not sinning. And guess what? You can easily turn from a temptation and turn towards God and see some freedom right here in 2021 in January, right here at the beginning of our fast, beginning of our seeking the Lord. Yeah. Um, we're going to go ahead and end the show because we're out of time. We appreciate you listening and we will see you soon. We will see you next week and tomorrow. God bless you. Bye. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Download the Mezzanine Church app or visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day.
Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.